Hey everyone, welcome into a special edition of Overtime here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm JJ Stankovitz, joined by Lara Overton, and we have a special guest in studio today, the new defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts, Gus Bradley. Gus, thanks so much for taking the time today. And uh, the, the first question we have for you is just what sold you on the Colts being a good fit for you right now? Wow. Uh, you know, I think uh, when it first opened up and started to get some interest and some phone calls took place, just some players that are currently playing here and some players that have played here. And, uh, and uh, you know, just talked about the culture, you know, Frank as a head coach, Chris Ballard as a GM, and just how they're so tied together and the organization is just a real close-knit tight-knit organization that really welcomes people and uh, you know but I think that what really came over and over again with most of the people was just the culture the culture of a true brotherhood you know in that locker room and you mentioned Coach Reich and I know you guys didn't overlap maybe in your time with the Chargers he was there just prior to your being there but of course lots of familiarity and tons of mutual respect within coaching in general what did you know prior to getting in the building with Coach Reich? What did you learn about him through the interview process? And how do you feel like you two balance each other out, maybe complement each other in terms of leading this offense and defense? Sure. Okay. Well, first of all, the, the Charger organization, um, you know, Tom Telesco, John Spanos, those guys really, really spoke highly of him during my time there. And then players like Philip Rivers, you know, who was coached by him, you know, spoke highly of him. And there was a lot of parallels. And I think the first time that Frank and I met was actually at the combine. We came out of a, the train station together and uh, looked at each other and shook each other's hand. And you know, they, we we knew of each other through you know our conversations with Philip. But uh, you know, just everything that I've heard about him and you know his approach. It's not just go out there and you know play football, but it's build the man, build the spirit of the man, and uh, you know really the whole thing. And they said, yes, his team meetings to how he draws the players in together and the whole organization to be one is is something to be a part of. So I was really excited about that. Almost a little foreshadowing there, the fact that you met Coach Reich here in Indianapolis uh-huh, during the Combine and then it comes full circle and you're back here to 2022. No, no doubt. No doubt about it. But, um, you know, it's really the whole organization, though, from the owner, you know, to the people that have been in the PR department, a guy like Ryan Robinson, who I worked with in Jacksonville. You know, he reached out to me and his first thing was about the culture and the and the mm-hmm. climate of this, you know, organization. So, you know, like I said, I'm going on and on about it because that's what people did with me when I first heard about the job. They continue to go on and on about, you know, what a great place to be. How about the players? You know, you, you look at the, the guys who are in the Pro Bowl, Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, Kenny Moore the second, some up-and-coming edge rushers like Pay, Dio, Dangbo. When, when you started to wrap your arms around the roster that you'll get to work with here, what excites you? Well, I think when you look at, at each position group, there's a Pro Bowl-type player. Right. And you don't have that very often because, you know, you want that leadership by position group and you want that leadership by unit. And this, you know, this team has that on the defensive side of the ball. And it was very fortunate to have a chance to reach out to those guys and talk to, you know, a couple of them and just the energy that they have, the belief with the players and just a strong sense of, uh, you know, that locker room and what that's all about and a willingness to really, you know, take the next step as a defense. I was joking with Coach Reich earlier this season that it almost had become that 
Colts Raiders was almost like a divisional game because it had been so many seasons that these two teams had gone head to head just the way the schedule and the standings had played out. And you last season with the Raiders were game planning to contend with Jonathan Taylor. How do you describe the task that there is for the unique talent of Jonathan yeah. Taylor and then having this offensive line and the rest of this offense right. that he has to thrive well, with? That's, that's it. I mean, I remember game planning, the, you know, first looking at the offensive line and going, okay, we're going to have our work cut out for it with this group. And this, you know, just the physical nature they play with and the conviction to run the football and the, the commitment to it. And then Jonathan Taylor. I mean, we talk about a tackling plan. I mean, uh, you, you have to go through every position group. When a corner is 175 pounds tackling him to a linebacker, to a D lineman. But, um, you know, he's he's that type of player. you got great respect for him and his ability. The whole team, that you know, it's a committed run team that operates off of play action and looks for explosive plays and is a very tough team to defend. How good does that make your defense when in situations like OTAs and training camp, they have a guy like that that they're going to have to go up against every single day to get them ready for who they're going to see in the regular well, season. It's very important. You know, you try to do everything you can to harden your team so that it's game ready when you get to that first game. And sometimes it takes a couple games for that to happen. But when you're going against an offense like this day in and day out, it surely speeds up that process. Gus, talk to us a little bit about your leadership style and, and what allows you to connect with players and your fellow coaches. Well, I think it's just good people. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, you try to be genuine, authentic, and it's that balancing act. Right, that you you build relationships with them, you build that trust, but then there's a, a level of accountability, and you know all the players want to be uh, uncomfortable because mm-hmm. that's when they know that they have a chance to get as, as good as they can be. So it's a challenge for us as a coaches. You know, we've got to make it as uncomfortable as we can to get that great possible growth that uh, you know the team is looking for. So, but it, but it starts off with building relationships, I believe, and trust, and being authentic, and you know knowing that you're out for their best interest in the team's best interest. You've worked with a number of coaches in the past, you know, whether it's been Pete Carroll or Monty Kiffin or, or some of the guys along your 32 years in coaching. Who's influenced you in, in that style? Well, I, I mean, even my high school coach, Ken Belanger, to, you know, Rocky Hager, to I think every place that you've been at, you've been influenced, you take a piece of them. And you try to stay true to who you are, but you can't help it when they're such good people. And, you know, from Monty Kiffin to gratitude to Pete Carroll was more of a visionary. You always wanted to be years ahead of everybody else, you know, to, you know, Anthony Lynn being resilient. I mean, you take something from everybody. And uh, that, that's what's been so cool about this whole process. And, and I'm sure, and I'll be saying the same thing about this organization and Frank and Chris, you know, when we get into it a year or so. In the years that you've had, all of the wealth of experience that you've had, both as a coordinator and as a head coach, how does that benefit you in the coordinator role, being able to understand the head coaching capacity and impact that dynamic between yourself and Coach Wright? Well, I think you appreciate the message that the head coach is sending, and then it's our job to reiterate that. You know, and to do that, you know, that same message, maybe it's done in a little bit different way, but, um, you know, that's our job is to continue that message. And uh, I can say this, that the short time I've been with Coach Wright, it's it's easy to follow that message, right? Because it's so true and it's so authentic and uh, it really resonates with you. So, you know, bringing that message on to the group, I think, is a big part of it. I think you understand that as a head coach and as a coordinator, just how important that is to share that vision. When you, you over the course of your time in the league, there have been so many shifts in how offenses game plan, and you know you've gone from 
kind of starting the Legion of Boom in Seattle to now having to game plan four times for Mahomes and Herbert, you know, Jonathan Taylor last year. What has stood out to you about the shifting, I guess, responsibilities that a defense has to have over the 15, 16 years you've been in the NFL? Right. Well, it's true, right? I mean, you've, you've, you face teams that are committed and are committed run teams, and but that's within a season. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's not even over the years. And, and uh, I know a team like Kansas City, how they were last year compared to how they were this year. You asked about them as an example. It's different. You mm-hmm. know, they were a big shot team looking for explosive plays. And then they really had to, you know, kind of change and take what the defense was giving them. And that happened with all within a year. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to figure it out. So game by game, uh, year by year, like you said, it does evolve. And I think you're trying to stay a step ahead, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in all these situations with your scheme and how you're going to attack these de- uh, these offenses that you're seeing from the RPOs to the shots team to the run game. You know, everybody's got a different style and you got to be prepared for all of them. You mentioned your coaching influences going back to high school. Throughout your career, how much have you kind of adapted and manipulated, taken different pieces and different influences along the way to build the defense that you have? And how does that complement a really strong foundation with the guys who you're inheriting? Sure. Well, I think, you know, one of the things with this group is, I th- just to watch them, some of the film now that you're here, is uh, the, the defensive staff did a tremendous job. I mean, sometimes you go into a place and you go, boy, we gotta, we got to start and really you know, show this team what great effort looks like. Mm-hmm. Well, when you put on tape, they played with great <laughs> effort. You know, you saw that. Hey, we got to really talk about making plays. Well, they, they, they made some plays. You know, so they did a tremendous job. The foundation of this team and the spirit of this team, the camaraderie of the group and the, and the locker room. And, and, and I think we all know everybody gets stung, right? We lost uh, when I was with the Raiders, and it still stings from that game in the playoffs. And every team, if you don't win the Super Bowl at the end, it stings. And you hope that sting hurts enough that it will propel you to greater places when the season starts. And I think just talking to the few players I have, it I sense that. I sense that with the coaching staff, with the players, that 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 ending stung a- enough to where it, you know it has a chance to propel to you know something really good happening next year. So you you I think you you learn from the experiences that you have from everybody, and you learn from the coaches and and the players, and not just veterans, rookies as well. You know, if you listen, you can learn something. One quick follow up from me. One of the, one of the things this team, when you talk about you know hustle, love to take the ball away. How fired up did you get when you see your linebacker Darius Leonard getting a pick six in the Pro Bowl yesterday? <laughs> right away, right? I mean, uh, that's you know, that's right. It travels wherever you go, you know. And he's a ball hawk, so yeah, that that was great to see, and just the intent on getting the ball because takeaways are a big part of it. You know, disrupting the quarterback, affecting the quarterback, eliminating explosive plays. I mean, there's a variety of things, but takeaways now—that's the one that holds true to giving yourself the best chance to win. Gus, you're you're known for your cover three principles, and and the Colts are primarily a cover two team under the last coaching staff. But you mentioned the effort and the foundation and the base. In your experience, when you're when you're dealing with that, how does that help with the transition to playing a certain scheme or a certain different right. way of playing? Well, I think you know we say we we play a lot of cover three, but that's even evolved, right? Mm-hmm. I right. mean, uh, that's from the days back in Seattle. But I think there's been some changes. There's you know all of a sudden it turns into a match coverage, right. and now we're playing a little bit more man and a little bit more split safety, and it's it really is based on the the types of players that you have and how do you utilize their skill set. So. Um, but I think that you're looking for a team that plays fast, plays physical, 
and ball get the ball. And every call that we have is designed to get the ball, that mm-hmm. type of mentality. And so, you know, when you see them on tape, they have the ability to play fast. I think they can really concentrate now on picking up the new scheme, what is asked of them, and get back and then add to that ability to play fast. The the other thing, you know, you just kind of throw a couple numbers at you here that I was doing some research on. Last year, you did play the more cover three than any defense in the NFL. And, you, you know, you mentioned the match coverages. Obviously, there are wrinkles sure. within that. But what what about your cover three scheme and just that basic principle, whether it's with match, whether it's, you know, like Mabel or whatever it might be, what allows that to limit explosive plays? Well, I, I think there's some base fundamental principles to it without getting too deep into right, it. Right. But, uh, you know, there, there are some things. And then it's recognition. You know, there's formation recognition, some indicators that the players recognize that mm-hmm. allows them to, like I said, play tighter coverage. And, uh, you know, in this game, you're trying to affect the quarterback. And it can be with your rush or it can be just simply making the quarterback hitch where he doesn't quite know what you're in or how you're playing certain routes or combinations. And if you can get the quarterback to hitch, you got a chance for that rush to get there. So with us, you know, the rush and the coverage need to work together. Mm -hmm. And the back end needs to be tied in with the front. All right. Well, I'm fired up for the season to start, Gus. You got me fired up here. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the Colts Audio Network. Okay. Appreciate your time. Thank you. All right.